Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting NFL edition of Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, those social networks that we're on. And, of course, listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system. Wow, Mike. Uh, there were some incredibly exciting Week 17 games, uh, many, many with playoff implications. And, boy, I think we were treated to, to some of the best games of the year this past week, Mike. Yeah, I think so too, Dave. Uh, that 4 to 4.45 window in the East was nuts because there was a ton of early games that had those implications and chaos and teams coming back and teams going forward on fourth down several times without kicking a field goal and uh, teams running a two-yard quarterback sneak and we'll get into all of that uh, but unfortunately Dave first of all uh, happy new year this is our first uh, podcast of 2022 uh, oh, looking yes. forward to many 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 more in this uh, calendar year uh, and what new and exciting opportunities it might bring for us. Uh, speaking of looking forward to, Dave, I cannot wait for this New York Giants football season to end. It is you so. And every other New York Giants uh, football fan. It is so frustrating. The freaking Chicago Bears were clowning us from play one. First oh. play of the game, Glennon drops back. Not his fault on this play. Certainly many other plays, his fault gets. Uh, hit from the back side with, I mean, just an Olay block um, by the third string right tackle and uh, sack, fumble, scoop, almost score. Chicago pops it in uh, a play later, and uh, they're off and running. Uh, and it was just embarrassing. I mean, to see these Chicago Bear um, defense clowning us, dancing, celebrating Robert Quinn breaking the all-time Chicago Bear record for sacks in a season, knocking Richard Dent out. Um, Dent had 17 and a half, lasted for many, many years. And then Robert Quinn, the free agent, comes in and gets uh, his 18th sack late in the game against Glennon. Dave, the worst quarterback. I, I was in the third quarter, started to research the worst stat lines in the history of the nfl for quarterbacks and uh, uh -huh. glennon was heading there buddy he really was uh he ended up four for 11 for 24 yards uh for a, a paltry 2.2 .2 average two interceptions four sacks two of them ended up in a strip sack and fumble um just absolutely embarrassing by this offense uh defense again just uh, prideful, doing the best they can in a terrible situation. Uh, you know, people are touting Saquon's best game um, since, uh, for a long time, 21 uh, attempts for 102 yards, uh, but never really threatened uh, on the second level. There was a couple of plays where he got through the line a little bit, but uh, was already being dragged down. Um, Booker, Devontae Booker with 18 carries for 46 yards, uh, you know, also not effective. He's just a straight line runner. Um, it's just bad. Uh, offense is just abysmal. And, um, you know, they were talking a lot on the broadcast, Dave, with, um, the Spiro Adidas, Jay Feely super combo that we had on the broadcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, saying Those poor guys, uh, saying that, you know, you tell a lot about how a team feels about a coach by the way they finish. Um, and yeah. Joe, you know, Matt Nagy, they're, you know, hugging them and, you know, having a good time on the sidelines. Uh, and, you know, even though his fate seems, uh, you know, already settled in Chicago, uh, Joe Judge, who is being said to be, he's going to be retained uh, and Gettleman's going to be out, uh, stat, uh, straddling a new GM with an uh, already entrenched head coach. But uh, they were saying on the broadcast, you know, you could tell how a team feels about a coach, about how they finish when their record is what it is. And uh, the offense, it's just that bad, okay? It's not that they don't care about Joe Judge, because the defense clearly does. Um, his spe The special teams uh, mishaps when he came up as special teams coach is, is a factor, definitely. Um, but the offense is just that bad. The offensive line is that hurt. 
and even when they're healthy, not great. The backup quarterback situation is a disaster. Uh, they overpaid for Galladay. They still have Ingram on the uh, roster. It, it's not good. So uh, whoever the new GM is, and they're talking about this assistant GM that's been with the uh, team for 23 years, give him a, giving him a shot to have some continuity uh, in the in the front office. I understand that. But there's got to be a total flip in philosophy. When you look around and see what Joe Burrow and, um, you know, especially I look at the Philadelphia Eagles. That's where we should be, Dave. That's why it's so frustrating. Good, solid defense, some senior leadership, a young quarterback trying to do his best, not great offensive weapons, but, you know, they play hard and they have a plan and they're exciting. And the Giants are just the opposite of that. It's just where I... The Eagles are where I thought the Giants would be, and uh, it's just frustrating. I will watch the last game because uh, I'm a glutton for punishment, and I'm Giants till the end. But um, you know, I'm not even going to talk anymore about this Bears game. That's all I got, buddy. Yeah, I think what's interesting is what the Giants have not done this year on offense is established an identity. Mm-hmm. Right? You just don't know. Identity, and when you look right? at the Eagles. The Eagles' identity, and it even when they were struggling, and we were talking about them earlier in the year, we would still say this team can run the ball, right? Right. And the Eagles have become this this running machine. Yeah. And the Giants have done nothing. Right. Uh, because I like to torture you a little bit, Mike. Uh, here are the New York Giants' possessions for this game Ugh. and the results. Ready? Yeah. Fumble, interception, punt, punt, field goal. Oh, okay. Safety. Punt. Fumble. Punt. Turnover on downs. Interception. End of the game. Oh, Please just... tell me, tell me where in that sequence you have any kind of anything. We got to feel mean, Graham Gano is... is the MVP of the season. That's all I yep. can say. The fumble, the safety that... was set up oh. by a special teams error where uh, they let the ball go over their head and it died at the one yard line. It's a live ball on a kickoff. And all of a sudden they had to scramble on it. So the Giants were trying to get the ball you know, out of their own end zone with the ball on the end line uh, was terrible. Um, but yeah, I'm broken. Like you said, I'm broken. that's it. Yeah. 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 I just, I, just to go through the possessions. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, this team needs an offensive identity. There's no two ways around it. And it's going to take a lot of work. We said it last week, the Giants will be uh, in so many, there will be so much conversation around what, the Giants are going to do with their team and ownership and, you know, general manager and all of that. And the two uh, great um, draft picks we have in the first round. That's the only thing that keeps my light burning. The, the pilot light is still on in the furnace for the New York Giants, but uh, <laughs> it's starting to get a little wind whipped and it might go out. So, Dave, t- let's talk about a team with an offensive line and a plan on uh, that's your Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yeah, you know, they finally, it's interesting as I continue to think about this uh, and Buffalo played the Falcons yesterday, uh, there was some snow on the ground, which was nice to see. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of like bad weather games in the NFL, uh, certainly not with really any snow. Right. Uh, so it was nice to see the snow on the field uh, and the Bills beat the Falcons 29-15. Um, but where Buffalo has struggled and we've talked about it and all the the, the pundits and prognosticators have said this Buffalo team can't run the football. They don't know how to do it and blah, 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 blah. And I've talked about it all year. They've had injuries on the offensive line. There's been COVID, uh, you know, it's just been all over the place. Well, in this game, you know, the first half, uh, ugly, you know, ugly. I mean, Josh Allen starts out great, you know, flies down the field um, and then just, very, very bad with the passes, ends up throwing three interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, two of them were tipped, okay, uh, um, but they were still not good throws regardless. Um, and so three interceptions, and they, the Bills just collapse in the second quarter with the turnovers, allow Atlanta to get 13 points and go into halftime leading 15-14. When Buffalo was up 14-2 to and looked like they were just going to stomp the Falcons. Right. Well, Brian Dable saw something at halftime and said, you know what, I've had enough of this. 
we need to start running the football. And did they ever? By the end of the game, Mike, 44 carries, 233 yards, four rushing touchdowns. Uh, Devin Singletary had his his best game yardage-wise, mm-hmm. 23 carries, 110 yards, two touchdowns, the 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, really just great. It was great to see the offensive line come together. I also think, Mike, it was a product of Josh Allen just was not having a good day throwing the ball, and Dayball said, okay, let's shift gears. Let's get to the running game. Right. Uh, I did not like uh, the number of uh, rushing attempts. Sh- rushing attempts by Josh Allen, and more specifically, the called quarterback running. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to get hurt. Um, and there's, you know, I don't mind the scrambling. That's fine. He's got to make some decisions when he does that uh, about getting down and not getting hit. Uh, but I didn't like the number of plays that they actually scripted for him. Regardless, Yeah, we saw carries, a long third down late in the game where he had Gabe Davis on the um, – RPO and didn't hand it off to him and kept it himself. And everyone was smiling because he crashed in and got the first down, but uh, he just doesn't need to take that chance. I agree. If he got hurt, no. it would be the literal end of your season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, sorry, I but they were able, no, Oh no, it's fine. But they were able to run the ball. And I think that's a real positive that, that, you know, you saw lots of things afterwards from the players and the coaches saying, you know, that was a huge, huge piece for them. Uh, you know, really just a solid effort in the second half. The defense played well. Mike, the one interesting – well, I mean, there was a bunch of interesting things. The one thing that I thought was uh, really a head-scratcher, and Matt Ryan scrambles uh, as the Falcons are down near the goal line, and he scrambles in and dives, gets a touchdown, uh, gets up and turns to Jordan Poyer and says something – Right at him. Well, he and, spiked the ball at his foot, too. I think yeah, that was yeah. the, the trigger. But go ahead. Yeah, so, like, this stuff happens. I'm not sure why I had watched the game. I hadn't seen Poyer and Matt Ryan, you yeah. know, jawing in any way. And, whoop, out comes the penalty flag. Mm-hmm. Like, all right. And I was upset there because now the Falcons have a touchdown and they're going to be within a touchdown. And they hold on, they review every scoring play, they go to the review, sure enough, Matt Ryan's knee comes down on the one-yard line. Yeah. So he's not in the end zone. And now, because of that, the penalty gets assessed on that play and not on the kickoff. So it pushes the Falcons back 15 yards, uh, and then third and fourth down are incomplete. And I just thought... And even the announcer said it is so out of character for Matt Ryan right. uh, to do that. And he really cost his team a chance there. I, I mean, they would have been within a touchdown. Um, and instead, they get nothing. And, you know, this was with, I think, about five, five and a half Not minutes long. to go. Yeah. Um, and the Bills were able to to put a decent drive together and run some time off the clock. So just thought that was a strange piece uh, for Matt Ryan. But, you know, the Bills move on. They clinch a playoff spot because the Ravens had lost already. Uh, And now, as we've talked about, the Bills have their last home game against the Jets. They win. They will win the AFC East uh, and clinch a home football game for the playoffs. Uh, That's great. Uh, their third straight 10-win season for the first time since the Super Bowl area era in the early 90s. Um, so this was this was good good times for the Bills and their fans, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very happy. Wasn't that like white slippery snow? It was like an icy, crunchy snow. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Diggs seemed to be able to um, make a lot of moves and Beasley, uh, which was nice. And Cordell Patterson for the Falcons, uh, who are an interesting team going forward. But Dave, uh, so what would you advocate as far as playing time for our Week 18 uh, with the Jets in town? You have already a playoff spot but you would like the home game of course um jets are definitely feisty and we'll get into that game in a second against the bucks um but 
what would you advocate for Josh Allen and Diggs and, you know, a lot of the starters, especially some of them that are banged up? Yeah, I mean, it, look, this is a game they have to have. And okay. they've talked all year about, you know, the first goal that they have is to win the division. And they have a chance to do that on their home field. You're going to see the starters play as long as they need to. Uh, if it gets to be that the game gets out of hand late in the third quarter, I'm sure Sean McDermott will pull some of those guys back. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to do that until they are at a point where they know that they're going to be able to win this game. And I agree with you, Mike. The Jets are feisty. And I'm not as – I mean, I was extremely confident uh, a couple of weeks ago to say the Bills will easily beat the Jets. I'm not – as confident as I was yep. based on how they've played these last couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, there, there's going to be a little apprehension here, but you have to believe if Buffalo plays their game sure. uh, that they will beat the Jets and win the division uh, as far as that goes. So they control their own destiny, and there you go. Anything else on your Buffalo Bills? I did catch a bunch of that game because the Giants was so bad um so i was definitely going back and forth and had them on the big screen instead of the ipad but uh (laughs) yeah you know i definitely concerned with some of the decisions josh allen made uh there have been more of those moments this year uh than there were last year and i think that's concerning uh definitely have heard whispers of you know josh allen with the big contract and feels like he has to do everything Uh, Look, this is a very talented team, uh, particularly on offense. There's lots of players around uh, Allen that can shoulder the load, and he does not need to to feel that, but I think he does, and so he makes some poor decisions. And, you know, against a, you know, inferior Falcons team, the Bills are able to, you know, overcome that, but they get into the playoffs against, you know, the Chiefs or really any of those playoff teams, uh, the Bengals or the Patriots or the Colts, that's not going to work. They're going to do that and they're going to lose. Boy, that Um, whole description you just gave of Josh Allen, if you clipped out Allen's name and put Matthew Stafford, it's the exact same situation. A ton of talent on the Rams, uh, big contract, a lot of pressure, has a history of maybe not making smart decisions with the ball all the time, taking chances. You know, Stafford's got a lot deeper history, of course, in the league. Um, but really, so let me ask you right now, uh, and I know it's a loaded question because of your affiliation, going into the playoffs, would you rather be the Bills or the Rams? Boy, you know, I, I the reason I say the Bills is because I feel like the Packers are playing above everybody right now. Yep. And you don't have that team that is playing above everybody in the AFC. What about uh, the Titans at 11 and 5, uh, first seed, getting their studs back, including the big boy coming home next week and incredible story of them being the fir- the one seed in the AFC after uh, him going down and, you know, eight weeks of rehab. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you they're don't definitely... put them in the Green Bay Packer echelon of playing great? I, I do not. And, you know, it really comes down to Aaron Rodgers. And I mean, he is, he, I think. I was trying to point, play the other side against you, but you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's totally fair. We should do that here on Think Tank Sports. And I just think Aaron Rodgers, he's going to end up with the MVP again, I think. Um, and they're just, it, it, he makes a huge difference. Ryan Tannehill has not had a good year uh, throwing a lot of interceptions. Uh, now, and some of that maybe he's had to force it a little bit because Derrick Henry hasn't been there, you know, for these number of weeks. But uh, I'll take Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, either way, though, I think these playoffs, there's a lot of teams that are playing very, very well right now. Mm-hmm. And there, there's the potential to be some really, if the both teams play uh, at their level, some really, really incredible playoff games coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to share about your bills before we move on to uh, other playoff situations? 
No, no. Okay. I, you were talking about Stafford. So do you want to talk about the Rams and the Ravens? Yeah, let's go right there. That's fine with me. You know, this is a game where Stafford opens up with a terrible, terrible pick six, uh, you know, tight in their own end, throws a, an out uh, that was just telegraphed oh. and oh. Uh, completely uh, just housed by uh, a Ravens defense that is totally, totally um, – injured and hurt but they took advantage here uh and scored the touchdown and uh you start thinking things like oh here we go uh Stafford you know throwing um interceptions early and all that stuff uh you know Ravens go up seven nothing uh and their newfound superstar quarterback uh Huntley you know being very efficient and we get you know, through the second quarter. They're up ten. Ravens are up ten. Nothing. Uh, Stafford's throwing the ball all over the place, and then he remembers he's got Cooper Cup and Odell on the team, uh, and it changes quite a bit. Uh, they also Rams were able to run the ball, uh, and Cooper Cup ends. Uh, how Cooper Cup is not the M- clear cut MVP in my mind is outrageous. We'll see what his season uh, stats finish at, but that was his 15th touchdown, and they know they're going to throw him the ball. Every week, it's 8, 10, 12 receptions, you know, 100-plus yards uh, touchdown. Um, It's crazy, and I guess uh, the Cleveland Browns were wrong because Odell is not the problem. Um, Odell is very good on this Rams team, um, made an amazing couple of catches in this game, one for a touchdown where he caught the ball, switched hands, got it over the pylon, incredible body control as he's always had uh, to put the game away. Uh, and this Rams team comes back and wins 20-19 to against a game but really depleted Baltimore Ravens team who are now going to be home for the playoffs. Yeah, you know, we talked about the Odell Beckham thing, and I, I don't think anybody, I mean, maybe the Rams did, right. that anybody thought that he would be this much of a factor. Right. Uh, now, of course, he's playing more because Robert Woods got hurt right at the same time. Right. But Odell looks great. Um, you know, kudos to the Rams uh, for reaching out. Uh, and and getting him and like you said I, it clearly at least right now he, he was not the problem in Cleveland uh, Cooper Cup Mike 90 yards receiving in 12 straight games that is the longest streak in the NFL in the NFL since 1950 mm-hmm. wow 1950 and he is has the third most receptions in a season in NFL history with 136. Um, I have 138 on mine, but that's or 138. Fine. Yeah, yeah, no, he yeah he passed Julio Jones and right. Antonio Brown. Um, yeah, he's gonna get some votes, Mike. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's I don't think there's any question. Um, yeah, I, I, no, I understand he's a wide receiver, and you know he's not exactly uh, Mister Explosive down the field guy like Randy Moss was. Uh, and quarterback is always, you know, the number one position for MVP. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers is just, uh, despite all the nonsense, is just set himself, again, above and beyond everyone in the league. So, um, you know, it won't be cups to win. But I just want to make sure here on Think Tank Sports we're giving him, you know, uh, his just due. Um, and not because, you know, he was the MVP of my fantasy football team as well. Um, <laughs> and let's not forget the Rams defense, Mike. Right. Uh, I mean, certainly a little shaky early, but did end up with five sacks there. Um, you know, they're still playing well. Uh, an interception mixed in there. Um, so the defense is playing well, too. Uh, you know, and again, we know the Ravens are not 100 percent. Uh, but you still got to go out and play and still do these things. And, you know, the Rams are still doing that on defense. So uh, good for them. And they look really good, too, after, you know, yeah. a little bit of a downturn there. And we thought maybe they were going to collapse. Well, they're the team that has not collapsed. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, now they're. Uh, in a driver's seat in uh, the playoff picture where uh, the 
Super Bowl is going to be played in their home stadium, and they're a team that is super dangerous at playoff time. Um, Gosh, could we have two years in a row back to back after never having <laughs> a it. team playing in their home field for the Super Bowl, and it's yeah. never happened before that? Yeah, that would be weird for sure. We'll see. I mean, certainly the Rams have a lot to still have a lot to work through and oh, yeah. have to go through green Bay, but they are setting themselves up for greatness. No, uh, every Mike, team is flawed for sure. Let's, uh, let's get ready to Tampa Bay and the jets, Dave. Uh, do you want oh. to start with Antonio Brown or do you want to start with on the field with this? I'll go either way. Uh, let's start with on the field uh, because I think of the day, like this was certainly, certainly the most shocking uh, I think uh, for most of the day early uh, on the East Coast, yep. watching the Jets uh, stay with and exceed Tampa Bay for a good part of the game, Mike. Uh, you know, well, really, the Jets. Yeah, and they could have put it away, Dave, uh, fourth and like two and a half uh, and decide to go for it deep in their, uh, you know, in Tampa territory. And they call a very curious play, a quarterback sneak, not even a, you know, Josh Allen pull, you know, the guard in the center and, you know, end around convoy type thing. It was like uh, they had four inches to go and all all Zach Wilson had to do was fall forward. I mean, this guy's 180 pounds with two bricks in in his pocket. I mean, the dude is light and, and wiry, as they say in the replacements. But um He's not going to plow through people to pick up two-plus yards for a first down. Terrible play call. I don't know if I uh, agree with the decision even, uh, put some more points on the board. But, uh, yeah. of course, you know, Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does. He looks like the all-time greatest quarterback, drives Tampa down the field, and uh, they win the game in dramatic fashion with uh, a touchdown to uh, – Connor Grayson, who was in the game because Connor Grayson, yes. AB wasn't, and um, they get the two point conversion with Lev Bell and um, win the game 28 24. And uh, the Jets, who were, like you said, scrappy, and we were going back and forth saying, you know, let's go Jets, and watching the score all afternoon, um, just did blow it at the end. And a, a learning moment for the coaching staff for sure, if nobody else. Um, also, you know, Michael Carter, the Jets running back, was not uh, healthy at this point in the game. So also an issue, I understand. Um, but anything else on the field there? or do you want Yeah, to- um, that last drive, nine plays, 83 yards in a minute 57. I right. mean, if that doesn't scream, you know, I mean, it's classic Tom Brady. Tom Brady. That's what you get. Now, if you watch the replay, though, of that last touchdown, boy, there's a blown coverage somewhere. Oh, it has to uh, be. Right. Grayson is just wide open, um, and which is unfortunate. But again, like you say, a learning experience for the Jets. Um, and Tampa gets another, you know, signature win with Tom Brady. Yeah, another but, one Mike, for the DVD. One of Tom Brady's boys. Mm-hmm who now apparently is not one of Tom Brady's boys, Antonio Brown. And, boy, he has been a topic of conversation all year. They brought him in. Bruce Arians says in the beginning of the year he gets one strike, and if he has one strike, he's out of here. Well, that didn't happen. And then he does the fake COVID card, and then nothing happens. The NFL suspends him for three games, but Tampa does nothing. And then, consequently, uh, isn't his suspension up uh, right when Godwin gets hurt and Antonio Brown comes back and plays? But, Mike, what the heck is wrong with Antonio Brown? Well, apparently his ankle is no good, according to him. Yeah, he just loses his stuff, if you will, family show here. (laughs) And, folks, if you haven't seen this, it's all over the Internet. If you haven't been on there enough... Uh, it's worth it's worth a watch to see Antonio Brown uh, take off his jersey, take off his pads, rip off his undershirt, throw it away, waving to the fans. This is in the third quarter during the game, folks. He cuts across and he's in the end zone, in the uh, opposite end zone. At one point, the hands. security thought he was a fan that had jumped down onto the field, and they started to swarm, and then they realized it was him headed for the tunnel. 
Crazy. There is a uh, one of the umpteen number of memes that I saw is uh, our good old friend Ed Hockley with his arms extended out. And it says, after further review, Tom Brady says he doesn't want Antonio Brown sleeping in his house. <laughs> and then the other one that I think a lot of people have seen is Antonio Brown holding up a sign outside MetLife Stadium saying, can I get a ride? Oh, yeah, that was an <laughs> issue for sure. For sure. So this guy uh, just, you know, and, the, you know, Lev Bell played with him in Pittsburgh. And so he had some comments after the game. They talked to him. They, He seemed to allude that there's some other things going on with Antonio Brown and we shouldn't rush to judgment on him. And so there's a lot that is unknown that people don't know about. Uh, and Lev Bell was not letting on what was going on. So uh, we may hear more uh, about Antonio Brown, but this this is as, I'm just going to say it, Mike, as ridiculous as it gets for a player to do that during the game, mm -hmm. draw all this attention to himself, uh, just... Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous, Dave. And we have all these armchair doctors that have their degree from WebMD.com telling me that um, Antonio Brown is depressed or he's got CTE issues or um, I think he's just a bad dude. I think he's a child. I think he never matured. Um, whatever happened because of that, I feel bad for him in that area. I definitely have empathy for him but to act out the way he did is ridiculous is not strong of the word enough a word it, it, it was bullshit uh what he did uh and you know to hear tom brady and lev bell and i'm going to even call out chris carter and ryan clark who i respect deeply who are on tv telling me today that you know i know this guy and we've had conversations and we all knew he needs help well what are you doing why aren't you getting him help you're such a leader in the african-american community you're such a leader in football you're such a mentor to these younger players oh yeah that guy needs help and then it's been eight years of him doing this uh self-destructive crap and uh, you know you're out here you know playing the sympathy card for him and that's okay on some level but what about you and it's just another example, Dave, also, of the NFL trying to squeeze every ounce of talent out of anybody despite their um, condition and situation. It didn't matter to the NFL or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, organization. And I truly believe Bruce Arians did not want him. He didn't want him last offseason. He knew him from Pittsburgh. He was vocal about it, and they signed him anyway. Uh, he gave him one strike this year, and they, as you said, did, that went uh, by the boards, and he was still with them. Uh, and so I blame the uh, higher-ups, the Glazers and whoever uh, in the Tampa Bay organization. Uh, another case where the person's physical or mental and emotional status does not matter as long as you have talent we can drain it out of you uh, to win a football game and that's what the Tampa Bay organization did with Antonio Brown now Antonio Brown needs to grow up and, and be a man and handle his business correctly uh, he's out here saying today that his ankle still isn't right he tweaked it during the game they wanted him to go back in uh, he refused because of injury um, there's obviously there's a bunch of contract incentive stuff that would have paid him quite a bit of money if he had more receptions and targets uh, the last two games and he was going to fall short of that and he was mad about that. Who knows what went on in this guy's head? You know, he's in the Uber outside uh, the stadium trying to you know get out of town and the crowd's blocking. The game's not over. Um, it's just a disaster all the way around and you know I, I want him to get the help he needs but I want everybody to stop being hypocrites and tell me how great they were in trying to prevent this when all everybody did on every show every commercial every decision was to suck the talent out of Antonio Brown until uh, they could throw him away and now they're going to throw him away uh, and then they're right you know on that outburst he has to be out of, the, out of Tampa Bay um, and if he's allowed to come back in the NFL it would be an absolute travesty uh, the same way they keep allowing who's my boy they keep bringing back the uh, that keeps feeling drug test wide receiver very talented 
been on a bunch of teams, started in Cleveland. Yeah, him. You guys know who I'm talking about. So Yeah, it escapes me, but yeah. Yeah, same way they keep letting him back in and, and many, many through the years. So I'm just aggravated with the entire situation. Stop telling me you saw this coming or that he needs help and get the guy the help he needs. It's, it's ridiculous to not do that. So I'm off my pedestal now, Dave. Yep. Nope. Well said. Uh, nothing else to add. Uh, Mike has encapsulated everything that we think here at Think Tank Sports regarding Antonio Brown. The Patriots so, Mike, put a 50 burger on the Jags. I'll just leave that right there yeah, for you to choke on yeah, a little bit. Yeah. We'll that's, catch up to wash um, it down. Trevor Lawrence, probably one of the bigger uh, quietly NFL bus seasons for a number one overall pick in a long time. He's going to get a break because of the situation, but uh, sure. not good. He was not good this nope. season. Nope, not good, and no surprise that the Patriots, uh, I heard on the radio, this was their get-right game, and yeah. they got right uh, fairly quickly with the Jaguars. Uh, Mike, there were some other really, really good games. Uh I think potentially the game of the day and probably, well, one of the games of the day was in Cincinnati, Mike. Uh, The Bengals and the Chiefs. uh, I think this game turned out, I guess for me, how it should go. Two offensive juggernauts going back and forth. Two good quarterbacks um, playing well. You know, the Chiefs got ahead uh, by a bit, and then the Bengals come back. Yeah, when um, I saw 14 nothing Chiefs, I was like, oh, Bengals, another fraud season. You know, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs, but not that good. And, uh, boy, I was wrong to make that snap decision. Yeah, yeah, no, that not a fraud. And, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, uh, the guy is just unbelievable. He throws for 525 yards last week. Uh, comes back with 446 and four touchdowns in 30 for 39 passing, uh, just hitting Jamar Chase all over the field. 266 yards for Jamar Chase. I swear, you just saw him running unabated to the end zone yeah. all day long. My I haven't seen a, just a, ridiculous. A, a play like that that was so athletically uh, exciting since Tyreek Hill first came in the league. I'll go all the way back to the greatest show on turf when uh, on a Monday night, Isaac Bruce and Azakim, uh Bruce caught a pass over the middle and they were both just wide open and sprinting as hard as they could for the goal line. I mean, just incredible athleticism to see Chase pull away from these chief defenders, four, five, six of them in the picture, uh, running as hard as they can was uh, something to behold for his first touchdown for sure. But Dave, we got to talk about the end game sitch on this one. So, uh, oh my let's gosh. get down to that. Thank goodness that CBS was able to, to show this, oh, yeah. uh, and and they had on you know they had their A team there. Nance and Romo were on the game. Crick anecdote: um, My wife was like, "You yelled more at that game than you did at the Giants." I'm like, "That's right. There's nothing more. <laughs> there's nothing more to yell at for the Giants." But anyway. Yeah. No. Um, just tremendous. You know, it's a tie game. The Bengals have the ball and they're driving down the field, and here they are down at the down near the goal line with their on like the two or the the three yard line and. It comes up to fourth down, and Mike and I are texting back and forth. And Tony Romo, while we're doing this, Tony Romo is like, oh, they got to go for it here. They, they got to go in the end zone. And Mike and I are like, are you nuts? You get, There's like 50 seconds left. Kick the field goal and make Kansas City go all the way down the field. If you don't get it, sure, Kansas, you're going to end up playing for overtime. But, right. I mean, you had a chance. They're so close, so close. So they walk out there, and they go for it on fourth down. And um, I'm trying to think. Was I got it right here? So Burrow throws the ball to Taj Boyd. Okay, it was a passing play. Right. That's right. right. And uh, ball falls incomplete. Chiefs start to celebrate. There's laundry all over the field. Honey <laughs> yes. Badger with a penalty. Uh, illegal hand uh, use of the hands to the face. And it was it was a good call. He did do that. Uh, yep. So now the Bengals have first and goal at the one with 46 seconds left. But wait, 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 wait. 
Wait, that was the second time on fourth down. Oh, oh, I'm ahead of myself. The one here. before that, uh, on fourth and goal, uh, Joe Burrow passed, and there was an offensive holding penalty yep. and a defensive holding penalty. So they get to do it again. Good call. Then that leads to where Mike's is. It just added to the drama because, like, geez, just now kick it. Right? Yeah, the Bengals one. ran four plays and only had one successful and ended up winning the game because of penalties. Uh, the play I described, um, Burrow gets hurt. So now yes. it's first and goal, uh, and you got the the veteran Brad Allen out there at quarterback. Yep. So he just kneels at the one. Uh, kneels again for another one running down the clock to three seconds. Oh, he, no, he spiked it. Because oh, they didn't have any it. more time. Neither team had timeouts either. That was the crazy part. So, yeah, he ends up having to spike the ball to stop the clock. Good call. Good call. Uh, and then they bring in the rookie kicker with three, two seconds left, and he, you know, knocks it right down the middle. Everybody celebrates. You know, Bengals won the division, Dave. Four weeks ago, it was anybody's division, and uh, probably none of us thought it was the Bengals to win. Steelers and, and Ravens classically, you know, battle it out for the top of this division. Uh, you know, the the last year's darlings and team on the rise, uh, the Browns, you know, figured to play uh, a role, and they did in losing all those games <laughs> down the stretch. And the <laughs> Bengals stepped up and, uh, you know, won this game and won the division. And, you know, uh, everyone – freaks out and Zach Taylor celebrates with his team, the coach, and then runs off to his son's basketball game. And they, he watches his son's team win in overtime. Um, so big day for the Bengals and the Bengal family. Uh, congratulations to them. They're going to be around a while. And um, it makes me wonder how many people missed on Jamar Chase coming out on the draft. Now he did take last year off completely uh, because yes. of COVID, um, so it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. But this guy, man, um, is something super special, a la Justin Jefferson last year. Uh, no wonder LSU won uh, the national title a couple of years ago. Violations. Oh, yeah, and, you know, with Joe Burrow there throwing it to Jamar Chase. Right. Um, you know, one of the most incredible one-year offensive performances in the history of college football with the two of them out there at LSU. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, and the Bengals, they still have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And it's, right. This is not just Jamar Chase. You know, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon the running back, yeah. has had a very, very good year. Uh, I agree with you, Mike. You know, if they can stay healthy, uh, the Bengals um, are going to do well. And here, here's one for you, Mike. The Bengals are the only team in NFL history with a 4,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, and multiple 1,000-yard receivers wow. who are all 25 or younger. Oh, wow. Wow. So, That's a I mean, great all stat. of those guys we talked about, uh, you know, there's the potential that the Bengals are really set up. Uh, yeah, they're a couple really, years away on defense. Um, you know, if they need a stop in a playoff game, I don't know if they're going to get that. But, <laughs> right. um, but uh, yeah, certainly I wouldn't be comfortable playing them, uh, you know, when this playoff season run, rolls around here in two weeks for sure. Another team, Dave, that uh, we thought nobody would be comfortable playing against is the Colts. But the Vegas Raiders had other thoughts uh, in this Un game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable game um, <laughs> where – uh, both teams never seem to want to really win it uh, down the stretch. And um, the Colts had not lost with Jonathan Taylor getting 100 yards in a game until this game. He had 20 attempts for 108 yards and a touch. Um, Carson Wentz was not great, including missing a wide-open T.Y. Hilton running in for a touchdown uh, going down the far sideline. I mean, just flat missed him. It was it was bad, a bad throw. Um, I mean, those happened. Don't get me wrong, but they sure. really, really needed it. Um, and the Vegas Raiders have an incredible comeback, come down the field, uh, and win the game with two seconds left with a, a Carlson field goal, 23 to 20. And, uh, you know, what an incredible story. And if they do end up making the playoffs, what a, what a great, um, testament to that organization to pull through, uh, what, 
they've gone through this season with Gruden and then with the car accident and, and all of that stuff. Um, uh, good for them and bad for the Colts because the Colts definitely, although they're still in the playoffs, they have not clinched anything and are going to have to play hard in Week 18 uh, to get in. So uh, still not a team I'd be totally comfortable playing against with that running game, but Carson Wentz is ultimately their quarterback. Yep, no doubt. And uh, just like you said, kudos to the Raiders, you know, able to execute 10-play, 60-yard drive in a minute 56 to get down there for the Carlson field goal. Uh, and this is, you know, this is a team that everybody had written off. Yep. You know, they started three and oh, every, they looked great. And, you know, and then we, you know, like you said, all the stuff with Gruden and everything else. And I think a lot of people forgot about them, but you know, had, guess what? The Raiders still know how to play football and, uh, certainly have, they've put themselves in a spot now where, like you said, Mike, they can, uh, they can make the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll be interesting to see, um, what they do i know they flexed some schedule uh for sunday night they did change the chargers to uh chargers raiders to the sunday night game i believe and that is literally a playing game so the playoffs start next week uh in that sense uh because uh the chargers did take care of business um against the Broncos winning 34-13 and, uh, you know, looking good doing it in those powder blue uniforms. And, um, you know, everyone had a nice game for the Chargers offensively and uh, the Broncos just couldn't mount uh, any kind of comeback or offense against uh, a getting healthy Chargers defense. So uh, good for them. So we do have a play-in game uh, coming up, but really the last game I want to talk about anyway, Dave, is got to be the Cardinals and the Cowgirls. Um, oh yeah, that 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 was crazy. Another crazy game. Yeah, absolutely. With uh, fumbles and turnovers and penalties and fumbles that weren't fumbles, and uh, there was a play on the sideline where the Cowboys uh, tackled Edmonds out of the backfield, uh, and the lineman called the ball, called the player down, uh, and the ball was clearly out and probably cost them the you know, a chance to try and tie or win the game um, as the clock expired. But, um, you know, Dallas did Dallas things. They threw the ball around, but ultimately it was hard for them to finish. Uh, Dak Prescott, um, 24 for 38, 226 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, But rushing the ball, uh, Zeke had nine rushes for 16 yards. He's got that knee brace on. Uh, He does not look great. Tony Pollard, I don't know why they're not rushing him more. Three attempts for nine yards. And then Dak was the leading rusher, five attempts for 20 yards. So uh, can't run the ball and just couldn't make enough plays on defense um, to win this game. On the other side, the Cardinals uh, pull out a game that ended a real ugly three-game or maybe even five-game situation for them and, um, you know, get themselves right against another playoff team. So this is a matchup we might see again down the road, which would be interesting. Uh, And your boy Kyler Murray still undefeated in that stadium. I don't know how many times they ran that stat, but he won in in, in the state of Texas. Undefeated in high school, undefeated in college, and now undefeated in the pros in Texas, which is kind of a fugazi stat, but, you know, interesting to bring up. What did you see, buddy? Yeah, Um, you know, from the Cardinals' perspective – they made all of the all of the big plays. AJ and, Green had a turn back um, the clock t- game, right? Yep, he he played well, but it's just when you think about it, going into this game, I would have said Dallas is going to be the team that makes all of the big plays uh, that make a big difference, and it it was not Dallas; it was the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and just that. Um, oh, I'm trying to get his name here, uh, Wesley. Wesley that uh, caught the touchdown. Antoine Wesley. I mean, he had that one touchdown where he just jumped way over the guy. And, yep. you know, it's a great throw by Kyler Murray. He puts it up there. Either Wesley gets it or nobody gets it. Um, and he jumps, you know, high up over the defender and comes down with it. Um, the fake punt mm. that they did. That catch and, was unreal. I mean, it, it, it's that catch you could make an argument, uh, but not so much because it wasn't in the Super Bowl. a lot like David Tyree's catch of because course. he's 
The ball goes up and he pins it. If you haven't seen this, folks, go look at it. Uh, pins the ball against the defender and then comes down. And as he comes down, there there's a t- you know they're fighting for the ball and he's able to to wrestle it away. There was also a pass interference call on that, which they you know waived because he caught the ball. Uh, just a tremendous. Uh, big play and so many times you see that fake punt and they just they don't do it they don't catch it right. you know it's not a good throw or whatever um, that was a huge huge play in this game yeah and they've rightly called pass interference on that play as well um, but it still goes officially down as a catch I, I agree great catch uh, I think one of the best acquis- acquisitions for the Cardinals wasn't J.J. Watt but it was Zach Ertz uh, he just seems to make big plays. I mean, not great in the uh, stats category, but you don't want your tight end unless it's Gronk or Kelsey or um, my boy out in San Francisco um, to really have big stats. Uh, Kittle, Zach Ertz is was uh, nine targets, seven catches, 41 yards, but it seemed like every catch was huge. Every catch was first down. Every catch was... Uh, bailing out a bad play so the Cardinals prevail Dave and uh, you know we kind of solidify the NFC uh, playoff picture um, a little more as we go here any did you want to talk about Vikings Packers at all uh, nope just uh, Packers <laughs> roll 37-10 yeah clinch the number one seed and home field advantage in the NFC playoffs and you know that's kind of when we started the year, that's kind of what everybody thought. The Packers were the the top team and the best team. And, you know, despite some of the Aaron Rodgers nonsense, that is exactly where they are uh, after, with one week left in the year. And, and then tonight on Monday night, as we're recording here on Monday afternoon, we have the Ben Roethlisberger, um, you know, graduation ceremony. Uh, that's one year retirement party yeah uh, (laughs) on monday night football uh i guess technically the steelers if they win they're still alive next week but um you know this will be more of a say goodbye to to ben and um passing of the torch for them uh so anything else you want to hit on butter you want to take a peek at this uh playoff scenario and then get out yeah yeah, no, no. I think we're good to to take a look at the the playoff scenarios and and then also weave in some of these week eighteen games that are going to have, you know, some impact uh, on the standings and on the the races there. But sure. Um, I mean, again, I think like last week, Mike. If we start in the NFC, uh, the Packers, like we said, have secured everything uh, and are the number one seed. Yep. Uh, they will play uh, at the Lions this week in a game where I can't imagine you're going to see very many anybody. Green Bay teams. That they Although may not traditionally play beyond two weeks time. Off, two weeks off is not a great scenario for playoff teams. So yes. we'll see. It'll be very interesting. Matt LaFleur, young coach, um, I'm sure he'll go to the leaders on the team and see what they want to do. But uh, Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, those types, uh, I, I would agree. Very little to any playing time. Um, so there's the, the Packers all set there. Uh, this will be a little interesting, Mike. Uh, the Rams and the Bucks, uh, both at 12-4. and four going into this last week mm-hmm. um, and battling for who is going to get that Dude. number two spot um, and, again, the potential for uh, that second home playoff game. Uh, and uh, as we talked about, the Rams own the tiebreaker over Tampa, so Tampa has to uh, hope that the Rams lose and uh, they finish ahead of them. The Rams this week coming up. The Rams, I'm trying to, as I try to dig through for it here, are playing a 49ers team, Mike, that, um, you know, needs to win to get in the playoffs. And so, you know, the Rams are favored by five and a half. Uh, This is in the afternoon slot. This is going to be, the Rams are going to have to play. Yeah. Uh, in this game, they are not going to be able to uh, 
you know, slide and, 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 you know, cruise and not play. They're going to have to play because the Niners are going to bring it. Yeah, absolutely. And if I'm not mistaken, if the Cardinals win and the Rams lose, the Cards win the division um, and move up uh, all the way up um, to what would be the three spot um, in that uh, in, in the NFC. Um, so huge, huge playoff implications all the way around. I kind of hope the Niners win or, win or um, at least get in because this Saints team uh, is kind of fugazi. Although they looked pretty good yesterday with Taysom Hill, a quarterback, and healthy. Uh, that's the only team that could challenge to, you know, knock the Niners out of that uh, sixth spot in the playoffs. So, um, yep. And you're right. The Cardinals, uh, if they win, the Cardinals uh, with a four and one record in the division. Yep. Uh, would would win the division. So, uh, you know, there, there's still a lot to be lot to be played in week 18. You know, yeah. uh, Cardinals are playing uh, the Seahawks also in that late time slot. Uh, and Tampa is playing Carolina in that late time slot. So a lot of this, a lot of these things are going to be decided later in the day. Absolutely. Um, I think they got some trash one o'clock games and then, uh, you know, look forward to, oh, there's two Saturday games. There's two Saturday games and the Dallas game has impact, uh, you know, on all of this as well. So those teams, depending on what Dallas does, those teams being Tampa, the Rams and Arizona, uh, will at least know where the Cowboys stand and what they might need to do, uh, Dallas is at the Eagles. The Eagles have already clinched a playoff spot. Uh, Can't move so, one way or the other, so really no incentive for the Eagles. Um, they're in that seven spot, period. Right? They can't win the division. Um, they can't get any lower than the seven spot. They're in. Yes, I believe that is the case as I look at this here. Yeah, because if they um, lose, if they even if they beat the Cowboys, Cowboys are eleven and six, and the Eagles would be ten and seven. So, um, yes, there's nowhere to go for the Eagles. Yep. yep. Um, so that will be interesting. Um, and then you have, you know, as Mike was saying, that the Saints are there with an outside chance uh, to get in. Um, still alive by the skin of their teeth mike yeah yeah you know i, I gotta give sean payton credit i mean this is probably the least amount of uh, offensive talent he's had uh, since he's been down there and uh, you know they're they're getting it done with smoke and mirrors and alvin kamara um and have you know made it to eight and eight and are playing for their playoff lives in the last week of the season that's all you can ask for uh, in the NFL, so good for them. Uh, yeah, and I just also, don't want to see them in the in the playoffs. I just don't. No, think no, and no. Challenge. I we, I don't either. They're they're just not. They're just not. There's just so up and down. They could get blown right. out by thirty, uh, or play a close game. Uh, the Saints also playing in the four twenty five slot uh, against the Falcons. So uh, so much that is the NFC playoffs will be decided between 4.30 and 7.30 on Sunday afternoon, folks. Yeah, that's how they want uh, it. So that will be certainly very, very exciting as far as that goes. Um, well, let's get to your AFC, buddy. We already talked about the Titans being the one spot. Uh, and, you know, all the kudos I've given to them. They're 11 and 5. Uh, they will play hard with Derrick Henry returning. Uh, trying to just establish an attitude and, and uh, um, a resurgence, especially uh, if they hang on and win. Who are they playing against, buddy? Do you have it there at the tip of oh, your fingers? Oh, the or, Titans are playing uh, the Texans in the uh, 1 o'clock slot. Right. Um, so it'll be a get-right half and then get every, get A.J. Brown and, and Derrick Henry and everybody out uh, after the first right. half. Uh, right. against the Texans and whatever happens, happens. Uh, Chiefs at 11 and 5. I don't know what to make of this team. Defense is not great. Offense is spotty. Uh, they're taking the underneath stuff, which is Mahomes maturing, but um, haven't been explosive in a while. I, I don't know. Uh, this team's got a lot of questions to me, even though they just went on a really long winning streak until this week. Um, uh, as, as a two seed, I'm just not... It's not your classic two seed, I guess, is what I would say. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, the defense has played well, and that's yeah. really been what's been carrying them that's fair. Uh, over, over their eight-game winning streak prior to the loss this past week. Um, yeah, still a bit of a head-scratcher. Uh, they lose the tiebreaker to the Titans uh, based on head-to-head. So if the Titans win and the Chiefs win, the Chiefs will stay at the two. Um that would, and then you have the Bengals and the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, if both teams win, the Bengals have the better record in conference games, so the Bengals would be the three. Uh, that would make Buffalo the four. Um, Buffalo England, hasn't clinched the division, though, right? No, they have that, to win. They have uh, to win. They have to win to give them the four, regardless of what New England does. Both teams um, win, Bills get the division. Both teams lose, Bills get the division, correct? Identical records will get them the division. Yes, because the Bills have the better record in, in conference. Wait a minute. Four and one uh, versus three and two. Oh no. No, if the Bills in lost, division. they'd be four and two. If the Patriots won, they'd be four and two. Yeah. Uh, then I think the Patriots would win the division because oh, I think I think the next tiebreaker after division record is conference record. Right. And That's the Patriots would win out. Right. 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 Um, right, right. Wow. So, so Bills really need to win this game to get that home yes. field advantage for a game. Yeah. Yep. And, and the AFC could East. be yeah. against New England the very next week. Right. Uh, depending on what happens with the Colts. Uh, and the Colts are also playing in the early slot at Jacksonville. Colts are favored by 15 and a 15. half points. Oof. Oof. Um, so that will be certainly very interesting. Um, the Colts hold tiebreakers over the Chargers. Uh, but, you know, I don't see anything. It looks to me like if the Colts and Patriots are tied, which would mean the Patriots would lo- lose, that the Patriots would still be the five and the Colts would be the six. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, as far as that goes. And then... And yeah, then, then the you're loser leave town match seven and eight Chargers Raiders eight twenty yep. on Sunday night, uh, you know, perfect game for that eight twenty slot because you get late afternoon on the West Coast. Uh, does it say where that game is? I mean, they're both right in, uh, you know, shouting distance uh, of each other at Las Vegas. At Las Vegas, so at in the Chargers, big Roomba. Yes, in the big Roomba, Chargers are favored by three. Um, and yeah, that's, that is definitely the winner goes home or get at, or gets out of town. Uh, loser, loser leaves town match. Yeah. Yes. So you have that. Um, how do the Steelers, do you have it there, buddy? How do the Steelers make the playoffs? uh, Well, that's the win tonight would make them eight, seven and one. Yep. And then win next week, make them nine, seven and one, seven and one. And that tie beats. I'm trying to the think. The winner so, of the Raiders Chargers can't be. No, no, it can't be because the winner of the Raiders Chargers would be ten and seven. Right. So the, how are they? How? Unless it's with the Colts. It's nine, seven, and one. But the, the Colts, Colts lose. The Colts would be nine also, and eight. And so uh, the yes, Steelers yes. would be nine, seven, nine, and one. seven, and one. And that tie is the half a point they'd need to yep, get yep, that Colts spot. Is. Okay. There it is. So, so they're rooting for the Jaguars. Yes, and not uh, Pittsburgh. Well, that's a so win much. tonight. Don't get me. We'll start there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, if they do win out, um, the Steelers, like the Saints, and maybe even worse, nobody wants to see them in the playoffs. They're just oh a terrible yeah. Jekyll and Hyde team. I mean, sure, is it a great story for Big Ben to make? The playoffs in his last season, sure, they're not going to play at home. They would never play at home because uh, they'd be the last right. uh, seed there. Tonight's uh, the last home game, period, for Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. So. And you have the – technically, the Ravens are still alive. Seriously? How's eight, that work? It's, I, I, they must own a tiebreaker somewhere. Well, so, But not the Dolphins or the Browns? Because the Browns the Dolph- no, it says the Dolphins win a tiebreaker over Baltimore. Okay, so Baltimore, I can't believe that they they can't 
are they can't still be in the running. They can't be. They, there's no way. And Cleveland plays tonight. If they beat the Steelers, they go to eight and eight. They could potentially get to nine and eight. Um, there's there's got to be some way. They are still listed on the bubble. I, I, that's got to be a really is? complicated. I'm sorry, one. but I just said three the, Ra- teams. the Ravens. What so about I the guess, Dolphins and the Browns? No. The Browns have been eliminated. Okay. Yeah, the Browns are out. Okay. Um, so the Ravens would have to have the Dolphins lose, the Steelers lose, and then the loser of Chargers and the Colts. I mean, they'd have to have almost every team ahead of them lose. Right, right. Uh, to even get a chance. So it's your classic uh, miracle scenario that happens yeah. like once every years. Pretty much. Okay. And... Well, and Baltimore does control things a little bit. They're playing the Steelers week 18. Okay. So they can, they can you know, leapfrog at least the Steelers um, by beating them. Boy, that's, but, a, that's uh, a low bar to hurdle to leapfrog over. <laughs> yes, it is. No so, offense, Tom. Um, yeah. No, no. So, uh, you know, again, the NFC a lot more clear, although, you know, there's going to be all those afternoon games are going to have – you know, playoff implications hanging on every single, every single one of them. And then that Sunday night game, like we've said that chargers Raiders is going to be great. The NFL has gotten exactly what they wanted. They got a matchup of two teams and a, and a winner take all match on the last, in the last game in the last slot of the last week of the season. Uh, It's crazy that we're couldn't be happier post new year's and still haven't finished the regular season I, it just it's just crazy to me and i know that's like you know old man stuff you know when dave and i were kids there was even less of this uh so the season yeah. ended around christmas and you know by now we were well into division play but yeah um, we'd be talking about the second week of the playoffs the divisional right. round coming up this weekend right and instead the divisional round uh, we'll start on January 22nd. Right. Crazy. So, yeah, we're old man. Get off my lawn one year, one year into the 17 game regular season, folks. I don't like it already. It, it just doesn't feel right. I agree. Um, I'm sure it's here to stay. We know oh, yeah. the NFL wants to go to 18 games. Oh, my gosh. The Super Bowl is going to be played on St. Patrick's Day. At that <laughs> <point>. <laughs> I'll be or happier because of Valentine's it'll... Day. Who knows? Yeah, I'll be happier because it'll be even numbers. And, you know, the odd numbers bothered me. But uh, that's just my, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, sneaking out. And I'll tuck it back in. Uh, <laughs> folks, thanks for joining us here on uh, Think Tank Sports. We're so glad that you stuck with us for an hour and 10 minutes. Uh, we're grateful for all of our fans as we f- leap forward and thrust forward into 2022. Uh, ca- Catch us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, someday maybe on YouTube. Uh, Definitely working still on the video recording thing sometime. Uh, A lot of changes, but all for the good coming with us. But check us out later in this week. We're definitely going to have a Monday night recap and college football situation. Someday we'll talk about the NBA again. Um, There's definitely Yankees offseason that uh, needs to be talked about, although with uh, Major League heading towards a lockout, maybe not, um, at least anytime soon. But uh, in the meantime, we're keeping our eagle eye on all of these sports uh, and doing it for you. So we thank you for that here at Think Tank Sports, where we strive for five.